You know, we're into October here. It's getting a little chilly outside. I think it's time to uh, sit down with a uh, with a nice cup of hot spiked cider and talk about a pretty bad movie, if I'm going to be real. Let's be real, guys. This is the first time on this podcast we're just pretty much Ooh, talking about something bad. That is bad. We've it's, talked it's about some good. things that have flaws, but this is bad. Oh, sure. But uh, this is... This is not a good movie, um, and I didn't I didn't know if it would be or not. Like, I think we both, when we brought up this movie, had sort of visceral excited. reactions to it. I was excited. I was kind too. of excited. I remembered some things from it. For those of you listening, before goofy. we get too far, we're talking about Inspector Gadget here. Yes, and we decided to dive in today. Not really talk about other things because um, we wanted to take the full this full podcast episode to really dive into what this movie meant to us and what it now means to us having watched it. Yeah, we we, um, we do an intro uh, every episode, and I think on the ones with movies, uh, there's a lot more to talk about. I think we're going to sort of uh, dive in quicker with the movies and sort of skip the intro session. Um, with that said, I will introduce the show for you. Uh, you're listening to A New Lens, which is a podcast Gary and I started to talk about film and television that we liked as kids through the new lens of adults and amateur filmmakers. And we decided to talk about 1999's Inspector Gadget. Uh, so, yeah, this... Uh, did you ever watch the cartoon? A little bit. But I feel I'm, like, I'm, yeah, okay. I only saw bits in my In, like, my back memory, it's, like, one of those things in, like, the the back of my brain that I'm like, okay, did I look for the cartoon having been a fan of this movie as a kid? Yeah. Or was it just a cartoon that I knew of? So then when I, when the movie was, you know what I mean? Right. Cause uh, for those listening, Calvin and I are born in 96. So this movie came out when we were three. It was like one of those, like, you know, Oh, I'm five years old. I'm going to grab a VHS. Right. You know, one of yeah. those like really, really young. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's fuzzy for me if I was watching the show, you know, like yeah. growing, like as a little baby or, I, or not. I think it's but... the first one for me. Like I don't think I ever watched the the cartoon because that was sort of uh, you know, mid 80s that that cartoon was really big and then they decided to make this with most stuff like that too. I think it's our parents deciding, you know, like I watched a lot of Scooby Doo cuz my dad loves Scooby Doo. Right, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't think anyone in my family was super you know into inspector gadget but i was very into this movie and there was some very too. um there was a lot of images we, we were talking about this before hitting record a lot of images and moments that are like whoa like rewatching just strike a chord for some reason because I it's just like, like when you smell a candle that so well that's the smell you haven't smelled since you were like one years old right you're like <laughs> Whoa, am yeah. I? Oh, what's happening? I don't know if that happens to other people, but that happens to me. Yeah. Uh, this whole movie did that. And also, okay, I think this movie was something I was very into when something not great happened in my life. Because uh, a lot of it made me feel very uncomfortable. And I think there's a lot of decisions specifically that we'll get into but there was some stuff that just made me uncomfortable for reasons I can't explain. And I think that is ties to just like something happening as a little kid that's like a small thing that strikes you in a large way. So I don't know. That's uh Wow. It's it's that's very interesting. interesting and I that's think it's really a interesting. very interesting fodder for this podcast. And I will say, as someone who didn't feel that way, this movie still yeah. made me feel wildly uncomfortable. That is the There's word that I would say so many uh yeah. like resonated throughout so many scenes. And not always in an in like a moralistic like oh right. I, ew, I don't know if this is okay yeah sometimes literally yeah. like I was uncomfortable like I'm just uncomfortable let's <laughs> try and uh, break it down sort of section by section should we do a recap of the movie right. before we um, do that it's kind of hard to do 
thinking about it right now. This movie's it's very short, very straightforward, but also the plot is pretty like, what the fuck? So from what I can understand, okay, so this movie is about a guy played by Matthew Broderick who wants to become a police officer, finds himself mixed up in a scheme that also puts him in the hospital. And like because of whose paths are being crossed, he happens to be (laughs) turned into Inspector Gadget by this uh, science lady that Mm -hmm. he kind of tries to save in that moment. The guy who he is trying to stop in the moment that he's hurt is coming up with this plan. Basically, from what I can understand, he's trying to use the technology that the woman turns him into Inspector Gadget with to do bad shit. And that's like the movie. He's learning how to become Inspector Gadget. This guy's trying to do bad shit. The girl that he saved is like the love interest who he's trying to woo. And she's also trying to become a successful uh like entrepreneur with this science gadget business basically and that's kind of the movie that's right is that kind of the movie review of it he has a niece who's basically penny like a side character that's got his car on he's got the dog (laughs) there um which are all see here's the thing and let's start getting into like (laughs) the direction and writing um and the those choices is like this is a cartoon that has a lot of very hmm, like wacky things like a talking car and there's even a talking dog in the animated show and that's why the dog is in here but it uh it would take a really fine line and a lot of very delicate maneuvering to make a lot of this goofy stuff work when you put it in the real world and i don't think they take care to do that at all <laughs> I, I, yeah, no. And after watching Spider-Man being handled so brilliantly oh, yeah. while still being able to be wacky and comic right. booky, totally. It really shows that this guy uh or this team of cuz sometimes when a movie is like this, I almost feel bad blaming one guy, yeah. one director, one writer, one anything. It's a it's a whole it feel and this movie did feel like a product, yes. you know? Yes. Oh, absolutely. So, it felt like Disney just well, up. this um, might add a little context as well. Um, it's directed by David Kellogg, and yeah, I'm looking. At, I looked up yeah. his background. It's dude. all shorts. It's, it's all like commercials, not just shorts. If you look deeper, dude, Bud Light, he Buzz started Lighter. with Playboy. Oh, and then he moved into commercials, <laughs> and then a little more Playboy, yeah. and then a little more commercials. And then there are like three music videos, and the music videos that he directed are all very like product. Yeah, you know he's good at he is good at selling a product, and this movie is a fucking product. That's, so that's why yeah. they picked him. It, you know that actually makes you know? a lot of sense. It seems so weird of a choice to put this guy in charge of this movie, but as much when you consider, when you consider it, it a less McDonald's right, kids right. meal toy like less of less you know. of a, a film that's trying to tell a story and more of just like a Disney movie pumping out something that will make money for the brand it's like mm-hmm. yeah that uh makes a little bit more sense and i got to say so his direction has moments um that remind me of a few things have you seen bo- both the uh, uh, Joel Schumacher Batman and Robin? Oh yeah, with um, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I haven't seen it recently. Kind of gave me a little bit of that vibe. Also, Cat in the Hat. Did you see uh, the live action Cat in the Hat? I didn't see that Train one. Wreck. I heard it was not good. But it is yeah. also like that. <laughs> yeah. But what I'm talking about here is the opening of Inspector Gadget. So I started this movie. I sat down, and honestly, I was like, oh. This is this could be pleasant. There's a fuck ton of green. I don't know if you noticed that in that opening right. sequence. <laughs> yeah, everything no, totally. was like lime green. Crosswalk and cars. He's yeah. like sprinting and like saving ten children with like one sweep of his arm as the bus is going by. <laughs> right. Penny just is like Uncle John, save us! I was like, if this is the vibe of the whole movie, fuck it. Yeah. But then he wakes <laughs> yeah, up and it's just normal. Yeah, dude, when he woke up from that dream. The disappointment I felt was so real because I was like, you just showed us yeah. a decent example of a live action cartoon. And then he wakes up from it. And then they try to go realistic. And then whenever those like uh, uh, totally otherworldly sort of, you know, impossible things happen, 
they feel super out of place because they are trying to be like, this isn't an imaginary world. It's the real world, but it's a cartoon real world where people's eyes can yeah. roll around in their and head. And like those moments I love Ooh. singularly, like if someone did that as like a consistent choice, like, okay, who framed Roger Rabbit has stuff like that and it's fucking brilliant. Right. But because yeah. of the setting of this movie, it right. makes you go. It feels out of place. Almost like scary, you know. I'm yes, surprised that as a little kid, unsettling. it didn't give me nightmares. Those eyes rolling around in the head, or like, yeah. I don't know. There are some times in this movie where you're like, "Whoa, was that a violent death?" No, it's just, right. it's just a, okay. No, it's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Totally. There's a lot of those things that are in there as sort of just like a moment of a thing. In order to sell products. And you know what? As The more I'm thinking about you bringing that up in relation to David Kellogg, the director, uh, the more I'm realizing, like, a lot of these things are distinct to me because I had toys because of this movie. Totally. I had Inspector Gadget toys, the, a lot of them. And that was the purpose of this him movie. Him holding the helicopter for the some helicopter, reason yep, makes me really happy, even though it's not, like, done well. But it, I had a toy that is yeah. that for sure. It's because I, I sure had, that had toy. a toy. I think I might have even had a hat. That did it? That, like, for had, some reason, I think like, I did too. You know, that sounds familiar, man. Oh, or maybe it was just that I was so small and had such a vivid imagination. That's so wild. That's one of the wildest things about watching a movie from like this far back mm. in our memories is like, I'm not sure exactly about those sorts of things. I know I had toys, but I feel like I had a hat, but maybe it was just that I thought it was so cool on the action figure that I had. But like moments like him shooting up. With, uh, you know, his neck being a spring, like a long big spring coil, like that. I remember being a feature on the toy that's like Mm -hmm. that you can tell the products were being worked in as this movie was being made, yeah, totally. And they're written into the script, oh, yeah, and very noticeable, memorable. And then there's lines like the the car being like, Buckle up, it's a Disney movie that just you know or the yahoo sign as it falls literally doing the yahoo but it wasn't even someone else doing it it was like the thing right you know it was just yeah things like that yeah the jingle was just there and then there's a lot of moments written in that where they look at the camera and it's supposed to be like a you're in on the joke breaking the yeah, fourth wall Yeah, wasn't there a moment where they said Saturday morning cartoons, everyone looked at the camera because yes. this was yeah. a Saturday morning cartoon? Right. So in that moment, I also was like, okay, wait, are they referencing us or are they referencing the fact that that guy fell asleep watching The Simpsons? Like, it right. wasn't done well enough for me to the know Simpsons the joke. The Simpsons were in there too, man. This was just one big product. Oh, yeah. That's so um, wild. I and then, about that. so before, like that, that's all direction. Before mm-hmm. we go too far further along, I want to talk about writing too. This yeah. movie wasn't a movie. Did you notice that? Like, as I was watching it the whole time, I kept going like, I was. I don't know how to explain that. Like, I was wondering. There's really no plot. It's yeah, like things just happen, and as they happen, yeah. it feels very much like, okay, how are we going to get to say that cliche line that happened? I don't. Ah, I right. wish I would have written how down are we more going to examples. Get a, how are we going to get a a uh, moment where they're racing on a car and Inspector Gadget is on the top of it? Just make them need to get somewhere fast yep. and never really explain it. There's like five too many just like really lazily written in. Um, I don't even know if it's sexual, but it's like those weird moments of him like falling on top of her and then being like, yeah, there's a couple of those. There's stuff like that. And there's just like when she she leans over and he like, (laughs) like, like a monkey. I I remembered that in my brain, like as like a nostalgia thing. And I always was as a kid, even just like, I don't know if I like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, I totally do. And there was one moment in particular that made me so uncomfortable. And as soon as the scene started, I squirmed in my seat when they uh, cut to the Indian guy, which yes. also, yikes, <laughs> um, going, you focus on the balls. And he reaches at that whole scene, like 
That's not okay. Very negative Very, feelings yep. about that came up from watching that as a kid. And I remember. And the way his eyes pop out, that's starting to get into production, which we wanted to save for a little bit later, but that sort of thing, yikes. Uh, but the ri- the whole writing of the setup of that scene yeah, is not and okay. Not, not only is it not okay, it's it's used as a payoff later and it's not worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like right. I always it's remember not... it as a kid feeling like, oh, this is that a moment, but it doesn't even make sense because like so much stuff that happens in this movie happens for the moments. But as soon as you think about it, which you shouldn't, cause it's a Saturday yeah. morning cartoon or whatever. Sure. The dude's a yeah. fucking robot. So like none of it makes yeah. sense. I don't know. You know, right. like him needing to, like focus on whatever what is he does i don't get it i don't i don't know it just made it it was very clear when when things don't need to happen it's clear that they're just like inserting a good uh like right. i i don't know what the word is for it when they do that but that's a thing especially the 90s where they're like this isn't something that the average young american kid would find common so when we put it in there and it's it's just different but like we make it funny you know what i mean by that yeah yeah on the point you were making about like this doesn't even really feel like a movie like none of the plot points feel affected by the ones before them or motivated in any sort of way when you're making a movie about a cartoon character who is part robot and you're trying to make an origin story it's so weird to have him get in an accident and then just have them turn him into a robot man with a, a million things that he can do without his or his family's consent and just like turn him into this thing that he wakes up and he's just kind of like, okay, I'm like a robot detective yeah, now. Yeah, like, and that's something just that happens, has been explored you know? in movies in like a... I wake up and I'm a monster now. Like, what did you do to me? You right. know, or, yeah. you know, there are moral implications that need to be traversed here that aren't because I'm yeah. sure they're thinking it's a kid's movie. Like, what's the fastest way to make this guy, you know, an Inspector Gadget yeah. character? Right. Honestly, though, in my opinion, it would have been so much better of a route if he just was a robot, like full robot, you know, <laughs> yeah. just, it like, just don't make even him a robot. It, I don't know. Or make make him consent to it <laughs> like, right that like, simple yeah, act of wake like, up enough to be able to say yes like if you do this you'll be able to be you know fulfill your wish of being a cop which also watching through today's lens was like but yep <laughs> you know even have him go yes i will do this in order to reach that goal of mine but they just do it to him in a regular hospital too so like he shoots <laughs> off a fucking rocket and it almost kills like three oh people God. yeah there's a lot of stuff in this movie that i think this counts as writing and direction that are very clearly a guy thought this would be funny and then instead mm. of thinking about like how to make it make sense so that the joke <laughs> is funny yeah. they just put it in there so like yes. my main one that i'm just like that's just I hate this. I hate jokes like this. Mm. Like when he goes, go, go, gadget, oil slick. And a huge PVC pipe comes out of his arm. And it just shoots out gallons of toothpaste. Toothpaste. Okay. I get why that's a funny joke. And when I was a kid, I think I did think it was funny. But like being, I don't know, just like smartly writing away, like making that smart can make for an actual successful payoff later but then later when there's a payoff for it he just says it to shoot toothpaste at the guy and it doesn't even matter yeah and like why would you ever need that much toothpaste if you actually did want toothpaste (laughs) and that happened and he doesn't need toothpaste he's a robot (laughs) there are so many things that he gets that I get it. Like, that's the joke. It's the joke that yeah. he doesn't need a twirly fan on his finger. <laughs> right. But, like, yeah. come on. They they kind of, like, make you think that these things do matter. I don't know. They, right. they, they need to... I think the thing that would have made this movie go from being bad to, all right, whatever, is if they just would have fully went for it with all the shitty, stupid stuff. But yeah. there's just enough, like, real stuff and, like, drama... That I just can't. Like, when her dad dies, 
he dies. Yeah. And it sucks. And they don't really address it after that, though. Like, as they address I'm, it, it makes me, as like a human being with empathy, go, God. But yeah, the movie right. doesn't do that. So I'm like, yes. Jesus, this movie is cynical. I don't she, know. Like, she, like, in one moment goes, like, you know, the whole dad dead thing. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, I don't think, you know, she's so like flib about it or uh what's the word i don't know flippant anyway and um, especially considering that there's there could be some really really op- awesome opportunities there because isn't penny right an orphan isn't that like her I origin think so. john is her uncle like come on like there yeah, could have been some, on, something there i don't know and would have given our female characters more to do as well one thing writing wise that i really did like about this movie yeah was it happened way in the end so it didn't even like fulfill my Mm -hmm. you know desires for a good movie but i liked what they did with sykes character the minion oh yeah yeah i liked that he was more than just a minion he had like a little bit of an arc and then in the end he like realized that this was shitty and he was being manipulated and then there's like an after credit scene did you see the after credit scene of minions anonymous <laughs> i think i com- to be completely honest as soon as the credits started rolling i oh, turned dude, this off <laughs> i'll tell you about them then uh, maybe yeah. after we get to the next parts but there are four after credit scenes for this movie and they were all better than the movie all of them <laughs> like in the minions anonymous yeah. scene igor from frankenstein was like in the audience it was hilarious yeah no, I do like that though. That uh, you know, they have the minion be multifaceted, and that Penny gets the opportunity, uh, the opportunity to make really big change in the plot and sort of convert him to the good side. You know, but man, talk about useless plot decisions! Like how we just find out that the bad guy used to be overweight. What was right. that for? It's like maybe supposed to like fuel his power complex or something. I don't know. But they it don't felt use gross. it in that way. They just use it in a way that like he's ashamed of and it. And then there's and a line really where she matter. goes, "I liked you better when you were fat." And he says, yeah. "Bring." And he says something like, "Bring on the donuts. Bring on the brownies. Bring yeah, on." Yeah, like, he does. It's really yeah. weird. I didn't like it. <laughs> and can we talk about how he just used the technology? Yes. That's like, the most uncomfortable okay. thing in the whole movie. He used the technology to make like a hundred percent like a sex doll robot out of Brenda. Yeah, uh, and it's the specific person that he it's not just like a celebrity yes. or like a which isn't any better. All of that is no, bad. All but that's it's gross. Weird as fuck. It's that it's real gross. It's just yeah. yeah. And the way she acts is what makes me really uncomfortable too, because it's like they make yeah. her more robotic than any of the other robots. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like this weird, like... They make her bimbo-ish, which uh, like, I hate robotically. that word coming out of my mouth. Robotically, yeah, like, too, robotically. where she's like, ha, 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 yeah. you know, like she like yeah. malfunctions a little while she talks. And Ugh. yeah, oh, it's it's so it's so bad. It's so gross. And it serves no point in the plot at all. It's just there to like maybe make us hate him more but it just it's just gross can i be honest too though as a kid i didn't even get it i just thought this is a weird scene yes me too. i didn't understand that he had used that technology to make that happen you know what i mean like that that kind of stuff is like a little bit or how weird it was yeah that goes over kids heads what's the point of that yeah don't like it don't like it one bit um now i think we can start moving towards uh talking about the actors in this movie and i want to start actually with brenda because i i feel like with what she was given she did an all right job yeah especially with that like her you can tell that it's a gross uh like design and plot structure writing to have this robo brenda but i think you can see her trying to make it as like goofy and she killed four kids as possible you know yeah i feel like given what she was she made that as not weird it's really i find things like this movie make me more sad than anything seeing a director have an obviously good actress do something that's just like been done too many times and every time it's done it is just not it's it's reductive to the acting community and she's still giving it her all 
It's like, yeah. good God. I have felt the same way about the mayor in this movie, actually. She killed it. Yeah. There are like a few oh, performances yeah. in this movie where I'm like, man, if you were just being directed and by someone else or written, if your script was written by someone else, you really would have been mm. a great perform like great part right. for this movie. Yeah. Um, um she was good in uh Liar Liar. I remember she has a funny character, but that's another one I haven't watched in a long time. Another one uh, we've talked about, maybe uh, exploring. We've here. talked about maybe doing on this uh uh, but yeah, the mayor, that actor, her name is uh, Sherry O'Terry. She was on SNL. She did scary movie stuff. She That's, liar liar as well. Um, I think I recognize her from Scary Movie. I, I also want to m- make sure and uh, shout out Jolie Fisher is the is actor's name for Brenda. She was Brenda. in The Mask and yeah, uh, and this movie. Those were sort of her big breaks. It seems like dude, The Mask her, is another one that I'm like resume. I have weird images in my head about from my kid, yeah, from my childhood. You me know? too. I feel like what I do remember, it would probably be similar to this movie. Yeah, this poor girl has been in a few movies. Where... Julie Fisher. Yeah. <laughs> Just a couple. Very, very. Like, these movies made a lot at the box office, though. The Mask, Inspector Ooh. Gadget. Those movies made a lot of money left a big mark you know but what did uh um what's the actress who plays penny because she was great too and i actually was reading some trivia and it was supposed to be Lindsay lohan but she did yeah. that disney movie um she did parent trap parent instead, trap instead. which was a much better choice for Lindsay lohan i agree um, but i'm still uh, happy that this girl wasn't yeah some, you know i she think was she good. did a pretty she did a pretty good job uh michelle trochtenberg it looks oh, like is that Trachtenberg. really Michelle Trachtenberg? She's yeah. a Disney girl. She she did Ice Princess, yeah. I think, or something. One oh. of those movies where she's like an ice skater who's also like really into physics, and she like uses her physics to get better at skating. You know, Disney, yep, Disney Channel like original movies have Ice Princess. I like yeah. her. This has a big. Uh, this whole movie kind of has a big Disney uh, original movie vibe, without sort of. The, the benefits heart. that actually being yes. like a the, not that you know I haven't watched a lot of those in a very long time, but I I what I remember they have sort of a brand where you know what you're getting, and this yep. doesn't seem to align with this anything has no while still being just shilling product placement. Yeah, that's the biggest um, problem. Now that you're saying it, like this movie isn't like pro police, like trying to get you to want to be a cop as a viewer. This movie isn't pro superheroes like making you want to go out and use gadgets right like most of the gadgets are used for comedic effect most of the Mm -hmm. crime stopping is comedic and everything else is product placement yep but god it worked i mean i still have those vivid images yes i and i had now that we're talking about acting i think we can get into one of the most that when we talked about this movie and doing it the thing that i went oh wow i remember this Hmm. matthew broderick as yep. evil gadgets. Oh my god. Yeah. Holy horrifying. shit. Horrifying. <laughs> oh my horrifying. god. Horrifying. Those teeth, man. Those teeth. And the Those, way he's just like he has these I'm gonna kick oh, some butt. I don't know. Like straight he, white prosthetic teeth that are bright white and terrifying and the his wide eyes. Yeah, and the He's great. I'm kick some butt. It's Ooh. great. I mean, they're it's meant to be spooky, but yeah. it's Maybe it's a bit too much spooky. Too much too, for what, too for the brand, you know? Like, yes. especially um, when we get to that scene that has always lived in my memory of, like, uh, the entire city on fire. Yeah, no. And then we what? see a wall, and it's, like, the shadow of a dinosaur. And then he yep. comes out with, like, his outstretched legs, literally, yeah. like, terrorizing a whole city. Yeah. That shit was scary as a kid, and it. Yeah. Was, I think it was scarier now. Yeah, honestly, it. but a little bit, and this goes back to writing a little bit. But uh, I'm like, he got to that point, like he, the whole city's on fire. Like it didn't and feel like we it, got there. It after it, it didn't feel like, feel like it ever happened. You know? Yes, totally. Like when the cops um, show up in the end, and they're like trying to uh put matthew broderick under arrest they're just like yeah freeze you're under arrest it's like he just destroyed your whole city your whole city <laughs> right. he's a giant he can turn into a giant he's... robot and destroy your whole city oh my god um <laughs> I, I it like shook me to the bone when 
the tarantula crawls out of bad gadget's mouth and crawls up that's so not okay and that's so not okay in a kid's movie no you know this very much feels like it was directed by somebody who's used to directing ads and making you know sort of iconic images that you remember trying to write something for kids involving something like spooky but this is not okay for kids come on that's terrifying no not at all i'm not into it like just the uh, design of the robot too, when when you see him with his jacket off, it's just blades and bombs and right. guns and yeah. I don't know. It's just like, Ugh. or like a kid comes up to him, "Can I have your autograph?" And he's like, "Do you have any money?" And he's like, "No." And he pulls out like thirteen different kinds of guns. I don't know yeah. shit like that. Like can be done in a semi funny. I don't even know. Right. But it just felt so. It just felt uncomfortably yes crossing a line comfortable you know yes for sure i feel like matthew broderick's best performance in this movie is that though like oh I yeah feel like he's his good as elevated that. like he's okay as he's okay guy. As just like john brown i don't know it's sort of it seems the writing like he's making feels... unclear decisions with the writing as yeah. well i mean the writing sort of that he's working with is not great but it's sort of hard to tell if he's I mean, you get the impression he's like a sweet guy who has a big crush and he's determined to become a cop because he wants to do good. Yeah. But that feels pretty generic. Is just, wait, I've got to stop him. You know? Right. It's just like this half assed, like, heroism, you know? Yeah. And him in the opening sequence is what I wish he would have been the whole movie. (laughs) Right. Yes. I think it's actually it's I'm glad you pointed that out too because uh I think seeing what he could have been as well made it harder to watch later on because he's not smart or it would really, be like, like if, good. It would be the, like oh. if the movie uh The Secret Life of Walter Mitty started with <laughs> one of his dream sequences and then right. the rest of the movie he never did any of the stuff. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, that's, that's a good way of putting it. Oh, and speaking of okay, maybe I wasn't paying attention enough cuz that with movies like this that can happen, I think. Why did he just have a bowling ball in his car in the front seat? Yeah, I was, I was, I, I shouted aloud. I was like, "Why does he have a bowling ball rolling around?" You know, they and then of course that's what crushes the guy's hand. You know? Right. I Which, just, uh, let's get to Claw. Actually, yeah, okay. Uh, he's played by Rupert Everett, uh, who I feel like he's one of the better parts of this movie because he is hamming it up in a way he, that feels clear. Yes. It feels like, oh, I'm a bad guy. But the writing you know I mean? makes it really shitty. Like, yes. some of the things he says, I'm like, that's just a bad line. But his hammingness makes me think it, it's better than it was. You know what I mean by that? Yes. Yeah. He, uh, it's... Quality hammingness, yes. Quality hammingness, you got there. <laughs> um, I feel like, you know, like, there's like a part in the movie, I think it's when he first meets Brenda. Uh, Brenda, yeah. When he first meets her and he's like trying to offer her the job. And then mm-hmm. when she goes to tell Inspector Gadget, like, hey, I just got offered this job. I was like, why would you want that job? That dude was so fucking creepy. You know, like, yeah. like right. yeah. I don't know. Like, there's <laughs> what I don't even know what he said, but it just there are some <laughs> things in this, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, there's no sort of charm to him it feels very bad guy so like that doesn't make sense that scene where she's like tempted but i feel like it fits with the rest of it i mean i i do think he says some things that are just like like especially the donuts thing which is like oh god he has Um, some weird lines the actor i think rupert rupert everett yeah who i think i've i've heard the name before but i'm not sure if i know anything else he's been in um but uh, I think he does a good job with what he's given. Me too. And him and Sykes, the guy who plays his sidekick. I think yeah, he might uh, be my favorite role in the movie. That actor like, is Mike Haggerty. And yeah, I, I think I'd agree, actually. Um, he has a really good uh, idea of what it means to be over the top without like being Like over the top comedic annoying, henchman. You know? Yes. Totally. That's, totally. It's like a... Uh, like a what they would typecast Chris Farley as back in the day, you right, know, like sure. that. And not many people could ever pull that off. Like Chris Farley kind of had his run and there's a lot of like 
throughout comedy, there has been a lot of like, let's try to recreate that. But it was like, I think nowadays, and this might sound insensitive, but I really do feel this way. I think people are like, a lot of producers are like, let's try to recreate that. Let's get a fat guy and see if we can make some funny stuff happen. But like Chris Farley was funny. You know what I mean? He was a a comedian. And this guy, it almost felt like they were trying to do that. And they just got lucky that he's a great comedian. You know what I mean by that? He's fantastic. Yeah. I think the other henchman actually fucking Andy Dick is in this movie. I totally forgot that. Oh, as like um, a very like he's the like, uh, uh, the scientist guy. Uh, you know, is he wait big is hair? Andy Dick the guy? Because I saw in the background of the mayor. Did you notice her assistant was like the dude? Have you watched Community? Yeah. Is that Andy Dick the guy in Community? Oh no. Uh, uh, you're you're talking about uh, who's the principal the guy. and community? It, okay, you're talking about the dean. And yes, the dean. He looks like the dean. It's not the dean. Um, it is uh uh oh the guy from Sky when, High. S- no, uh, so spoilers for Community, but you know when they get dean, you know when they get the dean replaced, yeah, and the, like the not dean. That's that actor who is with uh <laughs> Sherry O'Terry as the mayor in this movie. And he just like looks just like that guy. Yeah. But yeah, he's not Jim Rash, who plays the Dean in uh, Community. Uh, I haven't found his name yet. Well, I just edited it out, but uh, both of us searched for uh, <laughs> that guy's name on IMDb for a good while and found nothing. So uh, whoever wow. that guy is, we'll figure it out. Maybe I'll put it in the uh, description. So take a look for that. So... I feel like we've covered most of the main cast, and I feel like I, I want to bring up someone who I think will actually segue us in a good way to uh, the last sort of section we wanted to talk about, which is the production stuff, like music and production decisions. Um, and that is D.L. Hewley as the Gadget Mobile. Firstly, what do you think? What do you think about this? I think that I'm not in the right I'm not the person that can make this judgment call as a yeah. white guy, but I'm pretty sure there is just like a problem in movies with prom- predominantly white casts having the not shown actor sidekick character yes. be played by a black guy. Exactly. And I'm also not in the right, uh, I'm not, I, I can't say this for sure. But it even mm-hmm. feels a little bit hammed up on purpose. You know yes, what I mean? I definitely think so. But um, that's the that's thing. the impression I got as well. But I that's yeah. an impression though, and it's one mm-hmm. that I am I have out of a good place, not like a I don't know that even having that it, impression can be me looking into and trying to make a problem where there isn't one, and that's not what I'm oh, trying sure. to do. More so, I'm trying to say like this could have I don't know this that it yeah. rubbed me the wrong way in like a a just a natural way like as it as the movie was happening i was like i don't know if i like that you know yeah i only noticed two black characters on screen one of them was the doctor who's trying to say he's not gonna make it like he's not which is cool seeing you know an actual like proficient doctor and then the other character is just uh that that woman the lady who almost as, dies as they, from like, the rocket yeah, who gets yep. yeah ah! flipped over from the rocket at her desk um so there's not a whole lot of representation in here there's a a lot of white characters pretty much everyone other than those two uh that we see and then here's the gadget mobile talking in a way that feels hammed up in to, to, and in a way that's not like here is a character who talks in this way, it feels like here's a character and he's funny because he talks like this. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. That's, so, so that's where the thing I think that made me our less... impression is coming from. Yep. And the thing that made me more like this didn't age like fucking milk was the fact that they didn't write in lines that they could that that right. could have made it uh, you know, another level deeper. He yeah. he was a character that I think making that choice to have that character be played by that actor. Although then that's another thing. Like if they were just screening for actors and had any actor be, and that's the best actor that they chose for the role. Then again, why did they have those lines be like that? I don't know. You know, there's just like question. It raises a lot of questions 
It doesn't yeah. have as many solidified answers as other examples, though, which is at least a little bit relieving. Sure. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. You know, no, I, it's I not totally get in your face. This is really bad for kids to be watching and growing up thinking, you know. Right. Um, what is bad about it is the animation. And that's where we're. I'm making the segue into production of this movie. Because I don't know if you noticed, but there is not a single goddamn shot of this animated car front uh, talking that lines up with the words that he's saying. There's not oh, a single I didn't time. I noticed that. No. There's not a single. Because they cut away from it quick enough. He's always like, they've kind of got the attitude of the eyes right for what he's saying. So they cut to it for a moment so you can see that matching and then cut away so that you don't notice that the lips never once match up even a little bit. Like, it's very clear they just kind of came up with some stock animations for this thing and did not specifically line it up with any of the lines and then just like cut it in wherever they felt like they could make it work. And it's, I don't know. To me, it was very distracting. I'm a little surprised you didn't notice. The car was one of those things where I was just like, ah. Yeah. So I wasn't <laughs> yeah. easily distracted yeah. in those scenes because of how, like, I don't, you know, when you get in that mode where you're like, I almost don't want to see this, you know? Right. Yes, I do. That being said, more on that uh, production and uh, the practical effects of this movie were very much appreciated. I love some of them. Yeah. Some of them um, were really good. Not the, like, well, not good but appreciated what Sorry. just what happened like they actually had a guy jump off a roof what i mean is like i felt like there were moments where they had a team of people and they weren't telling them like make this how it would work they were telling right. them make this look fun so like yeah. when you see him with his like body open and there's like little mm -hmm. colorful gears and gizmos yeah it could have so totally. much easier so much easier been just like you know, an actual, like, let's look at the actual schematics for a robot and right. base it off that. Or, like, C-3PO. It could have just been that, you know? <laughs> yeah, sure. But I really love those moments of, uh, you know, the car. When we see the inside of the car, the dashboard, all the buttons and stuff. Right. None yeah. of those buttons do anything, but I love that they're there, <laughs> yeah. you know? Things right, like that. Totally. I wish the whole movie just really went for that and, yeah. like, drove that feeling home. Or like claw having like four different kinds of claws. Stuff like that, you know. <laughs> right. I like that. Pretty yeah. much every decision with CGI was poor though. There was like not yeah. very many good. There were a couple like him when he was on his head helicopter. I was surprised. I was like, oh, this mm -hmm. actually looks pretty good, you know. Yeah. Because I compared but it that's to Spider-Man, sort of you know. Hang a dude from a harness by his like shoulders and make it look like it's coming from his hat. Totally. Put him on a green screen. Honestly. And there's even some things that, like, honestly, if we're thinking about, like, looking realistic and making the CGI, like, disappear as much as it is possible to do so with such ridiculous things happening, some of this stuff looked pretty good. The foot. Especially for 1999. The foot. Being, because um, that was a real foot for sure. Right, with, yeah. Uh, someone probably had, like, a green pant leg on. And yep. then they replaced, they, you know, painted it out and put wires there. That yep. foot always sits in my memory as like an uncomfortable foot yeah, i'm pretty sure it's <laughs> yes. the same foot in that episode of spongebob when he's got the suds and they're like <laughs> the only way to fix you is by cleaning a guy and they have him like patrick yeah. scrub a guy's right. foot it's that foot <laughs> same foot um there was one moment where mixed practical effects and special effect or you know computer generated effects made for something that i thought was really cool and it's the first time inspector gadget uses his like extendo legs and there's this like couple shots just quick like it's like six seconds that i was like i like that where it looked pretty good with him extending and that was cgi and it looked all right and then there was this close-up from the ground uh, tracking following a car and there was clearly like just people with long sticks above the camera that ended in feet that felt very like indie filmmaker to me mm -hmm. but and in the that's... context of this movie feels a little bit low budget <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like, they weren't able to do something else so they did this Instead of like a cool kitschy movie where, you know, you can tell where the practical effects are, but you don't care because it looks dope. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. So like if the movie actually was that movie, maybe it would be a lot more fun. 
Like right. having more of those moments of like, yeah, I think, yeah, it could benefit from a lot more like dummy effects too, you know, like they, yeah. they had really good, like whenever they showed someone holding that foot and it wasn't a real foot, it looked like a real foot. They had yeah. good, you know, right. access to some good, like practical stuff like that. But yeah, I, I, I craved more of that. Yeah. Um, and then there's just so many computer generated moments that were just so unsettling. The guy falling down and his eyes rolling around was. Creepy. Oh yeah, I literally wrote, wrote that down. I was like, because <sighs> it looked the... good enough to be. It looked like eyes rolling. You know, right? It, it didn't. That's another one that like looked good CGI wise, but was not. The guy's eyes well. bulging out of his yes. head when his. Oh, oh, I hate that so much. And then this is actually a good transition to the the sound design when they pitch his voice up. That also makes me extremely uncomfortable because too. something about it, like they could do that in a funny way, I think. And it wasn't. It was uncomfortable. And then he's still talking like that, being wheeled into the ambulance. And he's like stiff and like still talking in that. And it's just scary. It's yeah. Just, yeah. Um, like somehow the moment in Spider-Man when that guy's like, I can't feel my legs. Oh God, yeah, my legs. Right. Somehow that's, that's right. funny and this isn't, you know? <laughs> I don't know how that's possible, yeah. but somehow. Yeah. Um I think in the sound design, it's interesting they for all the robotic people, there's a ton of just kind of random very quiet noises that they make as they're moving around especially mm-hmm. inspector gadget when he's first yeah like as you know figuring up, stumbling like, around <laughs> yeah and there's like the like as totally like moving his face with every like little motion of his face and there's some stuff uh that i feel like i like that like it feels again it feels sort of like an indie film where it's like you're doing something that's very so apparent simple. to the audience. Yeah. And and it's the the filmmaking in it is apparent to the audience. It doesn't like make you forget you're watching a movie or make the thing disappear. It's sort of a filmic thing that you you yeah. recognize and go, "Yeah." And it reminds me of actually I recently uh watched the Bill and Ted movies for the first time. Yes, the, and every the time robot they like Bill and Ted in the second well, one. Yes, but also every time in both those movies, I think that they look at each other. There's like a little whoosh, whoosh, when they look at each other and look away. You're right. It's like those little sort of sound effects things just make it feel more fun. And I actually do think some of that is done well. I think there's too much of it in this movie, though. I would totally agree. But I don't know if it's too much because I'm just uncomfortable by some of the stuff that it is. Like the whole yeah. robot Brenda Right. It yes. makes the her sound effects are necessary to show you that she's a robot. But right. now that I know that he created a robot, Brenda, it makes Ugh. me really uncomfortable. And then yeah. later when they're I don't know. So but yes, I I think it's it's one of those things that could have been a little more subtle and then it would have been really yeah. appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that in this movie where it's like, oh, you know what would be great if we did this? All right. Do it 10 times. You know? <laughs> Right, yes, yeah. Did you notice that pretty much all of the music uh, was that Inspector Gadget theme in different yep. keys, like minor or major? And that was and cool. I thought that was pretty cool. I, I did like that. I did too. Um, and then just Smash Mouth? <laughs> <laughs> right, and then there's a couple like... Also... Because they're doing that for all the moments, inserting a song like that feels very... Out of place very as odd. fuck. Yeah, and out of and then... Since you didn't hear the after credits, I have to tell you this. There's a Backstreet Boys Inspector Gadget song. Oh, really? Yes. And I, as it was playing, found myself singing along and going, wait, I know these words? (laughs) Isn't that hilarious? That's pretty funny. I was one of the kids that watched through the end just to be able to sing along to the Backstreet Boys. Also in the end credits, because you you missed them, uh, we do get a... a penny moment where she's like oh this is the coolest watch i've ever seen what does it do uh and then it supposedly makes the dog talk and then he's like and then it cuts to the dog and he's like sorry brain isn't here right now please leave a message after the bark bark 
And, it, you know, like Burke. little things like that. I just wish the yeah. movie was that, you know? Yeah. Or That's there's kind of like, a cool there's another the little one of it. just like the city and then a headless evil Inspector Gadget like running around frantic like, oh, where's that... my head? Because, you know, like they don't conclude that. Yeah. We just like they really gone. don't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking over my notes here, uh, trying to see if we've gotten through everything I want to do. And I have, <laughs> I just have one note that just says fucked up. <laughs> so that hap- that uh, is how I felt somewhere along the way. Okay, you know something that's just like uh the movie since it's what it is doesn't need me to ask these questions, but because of like some of the things it does, I find myself asking all the questions and there's a moment where he's dead. And then he just comes back to yeah. life without needing the chip that keeps him alive. Yeah. So right. I'm under the impression he doesn't have any organs. So oh. what's going on? <laughs> like, <laughs> is he... What's happening? Yeah. You know? How does he come back yeah. alive? And even Penny goes, he doesn't need the chip. Yeah, he does. What do you talk... How do you think that... That's not how... <laughs> the world works you know what i mean and it just yeah. makes you go like it i don't know it like now death isn't a thing in that universe it's like when right come on it's i don't know it, yeah. it freaked me out i was like i don't like this uh i think the last thing i want to touch on uh is how all of this stuff was stitched together which is the most important uh job in filmmaking underrated job is that of the editor Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about the editing in this movie, uh, specifically in regard to the transitions and the pacing and the switching between scenes? I felt like the editor was on the right page and then was handed a pile of garbage. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like there, those transitions, I kind of like, like I kind of liked them. if they were yeah. in a different movie in the right Inspector Gadget movie, I think I could have appreciated them. Yeah. Um, they felt a little bit out of place to me, but I did like them. You also, know what I mean? A little bit of trivia that will just make you go, oh, what's that? Uh, the movie had a 111 or 117 minute version that was screened. And the screening was disastrous. Oh. So they cut it to 70 minutes. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. And you know they what? They literally cut 45 minutes out of this movie. I mean, that makes a lot of sense as to the pacing and why it kind of just zips through. And There isn't but also... a problem in the movie. There's no actual... Like, the world's not at stake. Did you notice that? There actually isn't like a... Yeah. Oh, he's saving the world. It's just... I still found myself, even with the shorter version of this movie, waiting for it to be over. Me too. This is this is an hour and like 15 minutes or something. Yep. It's not a long movie. Oh, I was so ready for it to be over. As soon Me as the too. credits rolled, I turned it off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm... I'm I'm glad you watched the rest of it, and I might go back and like look at those after credit scenes, but I don't know. Yeah. Even though the pacing feels rushed, it feels like it switches between things too quickly, and yet these transitions sort of make it feel a little too broken up. Movies with all that of that, I think, do this well. exact same thing, but just good enough to be able to be like, if I saw it on my friend's shelf, I would be like, okay, the Charlie's yeah. Angels movies, the Mummy movies, yeah. Uh, even like most of Zack Snyder's filmography, like I don't know. <laughs> sure. There's just like there are movies that can do this. Shark Boy and Lava Girl, like mm. there are there are movies out there that I don't like. I think they're bad, but I can at least be like they have a thing. Like that's what is the movie. This yeah. is like the B version of all of those. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think real do, unfortunate yeah. that that. And then there's a second one. I don't think we should watch the second one. No, we're not. Gonna, we're not gonna watch. But the dude, second do you kind of seeing the the cover of it? The there's like a woman on the cover of it with him. Does it give you kind of a visceral reaction? Yes, I do think I watched the Me second too. one. Me too. I feel nervous that I had yeah. 
the 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 woman gadget lady the gadget lady makes me nervous <laughs> i remember feeling uncomfortable about something that happened in that movie involving her that's all i'm gonna yeah. say yeah so let's not watch it <laughs> yeah she's like a cop as well i think she's a robot i don't know i don't even want to remember i don't mm. let's not go down this rabbit hole i'm sure it's just as uncomfortable as this movie was it's rated way lower well not oh. way lower i was just looking at the imdb score first movie the one we have just spent an hour talking about was 4.1 out of 10 which i feel like <laughs> Maybe even a little generous. And then yeah, Inspector Gadget I've, 2 is 3.4. So wow. I've pretty much that. stopped rating movies out of 10. But yeah. I feel confident that if, if someone held a gun to my head and were like, rate Inspector Gadget, I'd be like, well, 4 is definitely generous. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good way to put it and a good way to uh, leave our, our uh, full critical analysis of it. But... Um, as usual, we do still have to get a kid moment of the week in here. Yes, we do. And honestly, I think my kid moment of the week is the end of Sykes being the one that's just like, it's true. It's yeah. all true. <laughs> yeah. There's something like that. there was something really like sweet about him that there's a lot of kid moments in this that I think yeah. were bad. So like yes. having one in it that I as an adult felt heartfelt towards. Yeah. made it for me one of the better ones did you have any um there was only one that i marked down it's one of the only ones that feels like just a bit that a kid can definitely get that i felt was executed actually pretty well and it was when they're doing that like speeding thing the car's racing around they're zooming through all these streets and then there's that oh, brief yeah. moment where they they stop later penny. penny yeah okay <laughs> That's it. I like that moment a lot. That moment made me laugh. And that, what's that actor's name? Because I think that's all that actor. D.L. Hewley. The delivery of that line. I think line delivery that's, you know, only like a second or like, you know, not even, you don't see the actor's face, but it needs to make you laugh or needs to make you cry. That's the right. hardest. And that, yeah. in my opinion, might be the funniest moment in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. So let's give it so, to that. That'll be our kid on, moment of the week. Good on deal, Huey. Uh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was uh, quite the ride. Did really did not hold up uh, how we hoped it did. Uh, I can't wait to get back to Avatar now. We're going to do five episodes of Avatar. And you know what, Avatar. though? I, I will say to you real quick, one nice thing about this podcast is... Not just for us, but for our listeners, too. If we're talking about something that's bad, this makes it at least now you have this. Like, yeah, you yeah. went through that, but now you can enjoy us, like, trashing sure. it with you. You know what I mean? There is a silver or lining Or if you didn't even watch this it, podcast. which maybe might be better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah maybe. I hope you enjoyed listen, <laughs> listening to us uh, talk about its problems. Um, if you have any... Uh, you know, any things you think we could be doing better or any requests for the next movie we should talk about or anything like that, you can comment on any of these episodes on legendary4.com. Um, but I believe we do have our next film picked out after the next five episodes of Avatar. We will be talking at the end of the month about a classic film from our childhood another sort of disney-ish realm of films <laughs> halloween town halloween town oh i'm really excited man not just as a fan of movies but as a halloween fanatic yeah. i am very very excited I finished my I, cider long ago, but uh, this I is was one of those kids who was like... The season. I was one of those kids who looked forward to uh, Halloween Town coming out because I was afraid of scary movies but loved Halloween so much. You know what I mean? Yeah. So totally. this was like my escape. So Halloween I can't Town, wait I remember being about. a little spooky, though. Oh, yeah. I remember, I remember being stuff. spooked by Anything some... with Halloween's got spooky. You know, that's yeah, the best spooky. part about it. Spooky. It's spooky season. Uh, well, I I hope every one of you is having a nice spooky season. 
Um, if you're looking for some sort of spooky entertainment, some spooky stuff's going on on our actual play D&D podcast, Legendary Four Adventures. Space Vampires. Thank you, Gary. You Maybe can find that on... a spookier that time. Oh, nice. Yeah, I felt that. Uh, you can find that on all streaming sites as well as our website, legendary4.com. Uh, and we will see you all... Well, we won't see you. We will hear you all. You will hear us. Yeah, don't tell them. We're going to be <laughs> We're going to be coming out with another episode on Sunday, and that's going to be featuring our friend Reed Emmons, who got me the job at Hard Rock Cafe, and then I got Gary a job at Hard Rock Cafe, and then we all worked at Hard Rock Cafe together, and that was a wild time in all of our lives. But uh I think he's got some good uh interesting perspectives on the desert, so uh join us on sunday for that but thank you for listening to this episode on the bizarre inspector gadget from 1999 (laughs) and uh stay safe stay healthy i'm calvin and i'm gary this has been a new lens Go, go, Gadget. Don't watch the sequel. (laughs) Go, go, Gadget blinders.